There was a 1977 film called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Despite the popularity and research series developed, the subject of aliens remains a mystery. As we start this series, as we think of the mystery of the third person of the Trinity, while we can never fully know or understand the Holy Spirit, the Bible has revealed to us what we need to understand about Him. You see, the Holy Spirit is something that we don't like to talk about. Francis Chan actually wrote a book called Forgotten God, because for us to talk about the Holy Spirit is like, what are you going to be talking about? You're going to be talking about catching the Spirit, you're going to be talking about speaking in tongues, you know. That's what people always just think of that comes to their minds during the Holy, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit. But upon seeing the alien spacecraft going back to the movie, crash into a field, John and Martha Kent, Kent, does that ring a bell? Had a close encounter of the third kind. Instead of freaking out and reporting him, the Kents did the unthinkable. They adopted the alien child. We have since to come to know him as who? Clark Kent or Superman or the Man of Steel. See, you all don't know about that. For most of the life, only his earth parents knew his true identity. It is from the earthly parents that Clark learned to love humans and do everything in his power to protect them. In order for him to do that, he had to sacrifice much. Could you remind me of a superhero for a second? Do you think that's a good thing to be a superhero? You think it'd be good? It'd be good, right? It would be good, right? But what happens when everyone finds about your power and they just pesterize you all the time once you do something? Would you like it then? You always, you still love it, eh? All right. Let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite superhero? Ah. Iron Man, someone said. Who? You know All right. Someone got to explain that one to me. Go, Clue. Dragon Ball Z, but I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I don't want Dragon Ball Z. Freaks. I'm only kidding now. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Spider-Man's my favorite. Spider-Man's my favorite. Oh, oh, you can, hold on. Who can forget the best? The Hulk? No. Who can forget Donatello, the Teenage Mutant Turtle? <laughs> hey, he was the smartest one. All right. So we have all these. Isn't it amazing how quickly we can respond to our fair superheroes? We love superheroes. We love to know them. We want to be a superhero. What are some characteristics of your favorite superhero? What do you wish you could do as a superhero? See, my, he has a Superman shirt on. What do you, what, if you could pick one thing to do as a superhero, what would you want to do? Fly? Somebody said fly. Huh? Invincibility. Invincibility. You know, I think it'd be pretty cool to be like Spider-Man and do like the whole, you know, and like, I think that'd be very cool. I would, I would just, we ain't got no skyscrapers, right? Yeah. You could be down Bay Street, yeah. And the buildings might collapse on you. What is the saddest thing about superheroes? They die. Okay. If they, if they are real superheroes, should they die? Does Superman ever died? When did he die? But he came back, right? Huh? Did he, did he come back to life? All right, so he didn't really, huh? He didn't die. Um, you know, it's like when you watch a movie, you know for sure 
that a superhero is always going to win and live. The only superhero that we never saw that were going to live, Batman, but I was thinking Anna and Elsa from Frozen. Only kidding. <laughs> only kidding. Only kidding. Only kidding. Y'all were getting a little, you know, let, let's be honest. How many of you watch Frozen? Nobody expected that ending, right? All right. Thank you. So that is the one thing that we can take away. Because, do you want to build a snowman? All right, I just lost some papers that was supposed to be, okay. So tonight, we're going to introduce our superhero, our holy hero. Personality, the intellect, emotions, and will, which are characteristic of God and human beings. This is, no, he's not our superhero, but Holy Spirit is. As we think of our superhero, the word comes Trinity. What is the Trinity? What is the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now let me ask you this question. Don't you think we avoid talking about the Holy Spirit a lot though? Like we always talk about God the Father, we always talk about God the Son, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's like it's not mentioned as much. The common term used to describe God's one divine nature or essence eternally coexisted in three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is probably the hardest doctrine to understand. Because how can God be 100% man and 100% God? It's just very hard. To, man, to, we can't comprehend that. We could try to explain as much as we could. We get the best theologian in the world to come in and try to explain it. And we still be confused. But that's God. God doesn't always, he does things the way he wants to do it. Because he's God. So the first thing we we'll look at is this. The Holy Spirit is God. All right? The Holy Spirit is God. He's God. If you have your, your Bibles, you could turn to Acts 5, 3 to 4, but a lot of you probably don't have it. But this is what it says, and this is a very familiar story. If you remember Barnabas, in Acts chapter 4, Barnabas did something. Does anyone know what Barnabas did? Barnabas did something. Anyone know? Barnabas sold all his land, sold everything he had, his possessions, and gave it to the disciples. All right, here, take it. But we have another two people in the next chapter, Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira. And we know what they do. And it said, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it, did it remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart and you have lied to man, but to God. You have not lied to man, but God. Here it is. They, they sold their possessions. And here it is. Peter comes. Look, um, you got that money? Yeah, yeah, I got it right here. He even gives him another chance. Hey, is this everything? Uh, yeah. And we know what happens. What happens to them? They what? They turn into what? They dead. They drop dead, right? Bam, right on the spot. As you can see, you don't play with God. You don't play with God. All right? And the same in John chapter 14 and 16 says, And I will ask the Father, He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let's just think about this in the context for a second. Because we have to remember that the disciples, He's talking to the disciples, and He's walked with them all their lives. Can you imagine walking with 
the superhero Jesus and see him perform miracles and say to yourself, you can leave me now? I've seen you do all these wonderful things. You are in charge. You, are, you, know, you can do anything. And now you're telling me you're going to leave me. But here he said, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send someone to help you. In fact, in the same chapter, Jesus says, look, it's better for me to go. It's better for me to leave you because I will send my spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, for me and you, we can't understand it because, again, if we were next to a superhero, we'd want him to be there forever, right? What else? That he is worshipped. The Holy Spirit is to be worshipped. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Here it is. This is the story of the woman at the well. And this is the one thing that we as Christians must do. We must worship in spirit and in truth. We must worship not just to give God lip service, not just to come here, sing praises, and forget about it. But we are to worship him in spirit and truth all the time. That is our life. That is what we're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit also brings us comfort. In John 14, 16, again, it says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. You see, Jesus was a man. He died. But he did rise again. But here it is, he's saying, look, I'm going to give you a spirit who's going to be with you forever. As a believer tonight, the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. You know, the Holy Spirit, as we will learn, as we go through these, this series and the study in the Holy Spirit, we will learn that he convicts us. He shows us things in his word. And God's word is the only way that we know right from wrong. That's the only way that we can discern right from wrong. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a person. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is to be with you all. This is what they want. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with all of us. This is what he has. He has emotions. And it says in Ephesians 4.30, it says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit has sealed us to the day of redemption. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that we did, nothing that we can do. You know, we have people who, who say that you can lose your salvation. If you genuinely have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. But there are people who have done the emotional thing and who don't have a genuine relationship with Christ because my friend went up to the altar or because I go to church, because I do this, I work for my salvation, then that is all that I do. That is my relationship with God. And if that's you, you don't have a relationship with Christ. But too many times, this is what happens to us. We think that, you know what, I can work for it. I can do everything for it. But we must remember that the Holy Spirit is the one doing all the work. Not me, not you. You know why? Because me and you are selfish people. Me and you are prideful people. Me and you look out for each other first. You know, very seldom we look out for the interests of others. It's all about us. It's all about what we want. Secondly, he has a will. He has a will. Romans 8.27 tells us, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You see, the, the Spirit is interceding as, as Jesus is for us. Me and you have to understand that, look, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just someone that we don't think about or we just forget about and we just think to ourselves, 
oh, you know, we see on TV these people catch the Spirit and they shaking up and doing all this stuff. That's not what the Spirit does. You know, God doesn't want us to, to think that the Spirit is just about, you know, being like losing yourself. I don't understand why people think that way, that you think you catch a spirit and you could do whatever you want. That's not what it's about. You know, you have people who will say all the time, well, you, you, you know, you must be insane because you never catch a spirit. You never, you never got out of control in church. You never gone on the floor and, and do all these things. But that's not, what the, that's not what the Holy Spirit does in us. As you know, God is a God of order. God doesn't want to just draw attention that way. That would not be what he wants to do. Also, and see, he has an intellect. He has an intellect. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, All these are empowered by one, the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. You see, we must remember just as we talk about our superhero, we talk about the things that we like, and we must remember that the Holy Spirit is the number one superhero. Because he lives in us. He comforts us. He's the one that helps us. You see, the Holy Spirit is here to, com- to comfort us. He's here to be an encouragement to us. You ever been to a time of trouble and, and just didn't know where to turn? Anyone ever been there? Like, you, you know, lost a loved one, something happened, and you had nowhere to turn? Anyone ever been there? You've probably all been there, right? Where do we turn? What do we do? You know... Thoughts go through our mind. Um, you know, we're ready to give up. We're ready to, you don't know what to do. But that's what the Holy Spirit's there for. The Holy Spirit's there to comfort us, to be there for us. And we must remember that the Holy Spirit needs and He works in us. You know, you ever been, ever been a time in life where you just, something happened in life and, you know, you were talking to somebody and just these words came to your mouth and you don't know where it came from? Anyone ever been there, done that? That you had no words to say. You didn't, you know, you had nothing planned. You know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't even know that Bible verse. And then all of a sudden, the Lord brings something to you. Because the Holy Spirit works in us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit desires to have a relationship with you. You see, each one of us remember this. That the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with us. God says that He desires that no man perish. No one. The Holy Spirit is what draws us to the Father. The Holy Spirit is working in us. As a Christian, as you call yourself a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you right now. That's where our power and our strength come from. It's only through the Spirit. Thirdly, when we sin, we hurt or grieve the Holy Spirit. Can somebody read Ephesians 4.30? This is the verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. Who... Yeah, whom, the Spirit of God, by whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. This is Ephesians 4.3. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day. We already looked at that. We already talked about that. The Holy Spirit is what we have. This is the seal. You ever had an envelope that was someone, they used that seal, that special seal on it? Anyone ever got a letter with a special seal on it? Like the, what do they call those seals? They only, only you, you go to the, what do you call it? No, uh, you don't know? There's a special seal that, people have these special seals that you have to go to and they have to seal it. The, um, what do they call them? Justice of the Peace. 
We have to do these things. When you get your passports and stuff. Notary, thank you. See that? Someone's smart now. I got no I couldn't remember. The Holy Spirit has set his mind on interceding or praying for us. Romans 8.27. Romans 8.27 says, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is what the Spirit does. He is interceding on our behalf. And lastly, the Spirit that knows the deep things of God reveals them to us. Like I said, there are many things in life when you're studying God's Word that we really need help with. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11 said that these things that God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Verse 11. For who knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You see, so many times in life we think we can hide so much from other people. We think, you know what, I, I could do whatever I want. You know, I could fool the youth leaders. I could do whatever I want. But you know, you're not fooling the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. If, you, if your desire, if your heart is to do wicked, I would really question whether or not you truly have a relationship with Christ. Because as a believer, we are to desire to be like Christ. The Holy Spirit is to convict us. The Holy Spirit is supposed to show things to us. He is the superhero. He is the hero that we need to recognize that always is there. You know, and I challenge you as we start this series, as we think of the Holy Spirit, as we think of these different things, we are all looking for a superhero. We have this sense deep, deep inside that we are alienated from God, lonely and afraid. We look to stories of costumes, superheroes with capes and masks to give us hope and escape from our fears. Yet hope does not have to be made believe alone. The Holy Spirit is His great love for us, has become the true superhero for us. He desires that we would know Him, that we would know He is a real person, and He is God. And again, as we think and we start this series, I want us to really challenge ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And challenge and look in our hearts and say, you know what, do I really have a relationship with Christ? You know, do I really have the Spirit living in me? And as we go to our small groups, we can discuss this a little bit more. And I just want to say to those of you who have not purchased a, a book as yet, we have devotion in there. That's going to be a part of what we're going to be doing in our small group times. So please, I would challenge you to ask your parents to purchase it. If we run out, we will get some more. Um, we only ask you for $12, the regular $24. They have all the notes that we're going to have in there as well. So please, um, I challenge you to get one. Um, as we go throughout this year. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Father, we thank you for knowing that the Holy Spirit is the superhero. Father, he lives in us. He knows everything about us. He searches us. Father, we can hide nothing from him. And Father, I pray that you would help us to just rely on you and know that you are in full control of all things. We just pray this in your name. Amen.